your spot, put it in park. Here we go. It's the Free Parking Podcast, presented by Office Jockeys, racing to the weekend. What is going on, everybody? Deaver here for a super, super episode number 28, Claude Giroux, the Claude Giroux episode, and uh, alongside me, just just Justin tonight, just Bush. Yeah, just me. They call it uh, 23 is the Jordan year, episode 28 is the Claude Giroux podcast. Dude, Super Bowl recap. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. We have a packed episode with some awesome guests here, bringing you other sides of the Super Bowl, other than sitting at home on your couch. One being uh, John Martino, better known as Chino, who is actually in Miami for Super Bowl week. We uh, we go through some awesome. Uh, we go through an awesome day by day breakdown of what he did in Miami, and you're going to want to hear the stars he was rubbing shoulders with. What'd you do for Super Bowl? I did what I've been doing for the last God knows how long. Um, Went to the GF's house and was hanging out there. Um, good food. Uh, it was a good time, man. Um, always just watch the game. Dude, I hunker down. For for big games like that, when I watch them at oh, yeah. anywhere I go, I'm in one seat the whole time. Like I'll get up to go to the bathroom and maybe to get an hors d'oeuvre. Maybe get an hors d'oeuvre. Two? Probably two? Probably two trips for the hors d'oeuvres, three trips for the bathroom. Um and then I just sit there and watch a game the whole time. But, dude, I was people were walking by. They were, like, putting odds on me. And they were like, all right, plus 800 that he's still sitting in that chair. When I, I was like, plus 800, dude. I was like, it should be minus 800. Like, what, what, what are you talking about, dude? Like, so Honestly, yeah. I talked about probably last episode. This is my one of my favorite holidays of the year. And, yes, it's a national holiday. It should be, as we all probably thought, on Monday. We should have work and school, public offices canceled on Monday. Everybody relax, recover in observation of the Super Bowl. But really, other than Christmas and probably Fourth of July, it is my top three favorite holidays. If you know me, you know that. Um, I've been bouncing around the Super Bowl the past couple of years. I was in LA for the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl. I'm down oh, here yeah. now. I was yeah, I've been I've been everywhere. But for my favorite holiday, again, I love hunkering down, being able to listen, and of course, we had the beautiful music of Joe Buck this year. Mm-hmm. We we're able to sit down and just observe and absorb every single play. So Jim and I did it for the first time down here in Florida in the Tampa St. Pete area and uh, a little different because I mean we're kind of getting used to the area like meeting a bunch you know it wasn't like the boys but we had our own our own day man we uh, we grilled out Jim's been ripping the grill uh, massive steak wings on the grill and then we were able to kind of like take in the entire the entire game um dude, dude I saw that steak you had Ooh, the steak was steak. like dude size of Texas size of Texas mm-hmm. and of course the commissioner cooked it perfectly Possible FVP cooking, cooking content coming soon. I know everybody's getting the, the Snapchats and maybe on my Instagram story, but the, the cooking content from FVP might be coming soon. How about that, dude? Might Chef uh, Chef Kamishkis. We need to get it. He needs he needs to get on there. He needs to get the GoPro out there, put a grill side. Dude, you're you're hyping me up. That sounds amazing. I'm not watering. Dude, that steak that he made, I could have sworn it was a porterhouse, but would you say it was a sirloin? Uh some some yeah, some sirloin. Ah, oh, dude, that looked phenomenal. So, who had the bigger slice? There was a bigger slice of meat, right? Uh, we we cut it up small, like small, like little, uh, you know, little slivers of it. Oh, little slivskies? Ah, oh, man, you're too generous. I would have been like, all right, Jim, I know you cooked it, but you're littler than me, so you gotta you gotta take the little. Oh, slice that's here. that's that's without saying. That's without saying. <laughs> so anyway. Let's get into the game. Let's get into the game. Honestly, not to toot my own horn here, but did did anybody see the previous Instagram or our last podcast where I kind of gave my prediction, dude? Pretty damn close, not the score. And if you guys saw our Instagram that week, we uh, everybody put out their score. No one hit it close. A lot of us picked the Chiefs. I think we were like five to three Chiefs over nine. You know, amount of guys that picked the Chiefs over the Niners. Yeah. But the way I called out the game, the way I scripted it, Kansas City being down for most of the game, coming back, and then the 49ers not having that push there at the end to get it all done. And that's what we saw on Sunday. Yeah, that's exactly what we saw. Uh, we actually had a pretty rousing FPP. So for one, the majority of us all picked the Chiefs to win, so that's a plus. You basically scripted the game uh, from start to finish, which was sick. And then I had a futures bet on the Chiefs too. So, we, dude, we were like three for three on the but So on, did on him. So did him. Oh, him, him too. The, that was yeah. placed last season. Last yeah. season he placed it. That's sick. Wait, so he placed it, what, when, like, 2018 season was going on? 2018, like, 2019? Or right after the 19th. Yeah, right after the last Super Bowl or something, like like eons ago. 
That's sick. So I did mine in June. So it's a little after I, ham. I, yeah, I think a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A little after ham is what it sounds like. But dude, that's that's sick. It was a good game, man. Dude, after seeing what the Chiefs did against the Houston Texans, it was only a matter. I mean, dude, it was only a matter of time that they snapped and went back on the Niners. The one thing, uh, first off, a couple shout outs. One, obviously, Andy Reid winning his first ever Super Bowl. Probably one of the most loved guys in professional football. Um, but really for a guy to be able to, you know, find a second stage in his career, right? Like, yeah, coming out of Philadelphia, um, having a long tenure here and being able to kind of heighten the Kansas city team that I don't know if they, you know, they had it before he got there. And obviously they have one of the best quarterbacks and, and some say he's going to go down as one of the best quarterbacks of all time, if not the best, um, we can get into that a little later, but the one shout out, obviously Andy Reid, who's everybody was rooting for. And the other shout out going to, uh, D will. Danny Williams. I don't know if you saw some of my, of my posts, but uh, a buddy of Bryce and mine, uh, we grew up playing youth baseball with a guy, uh, went to a, a local high school, played quarterback there, played uh, quarterback in college, and now he's on. he was on uh, a part of the Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff this year. And uh, I just actually, before this, watched an Instagram story of him on the float uh, in KC. So I'm just super happy for that guy and his family. Uh, good, good people for sure. That's sick, man. It's growing up with those people, and then you shoot them a text. Like, not only is it cool, but like, you know, it just brings you back. You know, they're normal people at the end of the day. You know, like you grow yeah, up with them. Yeah, like, it's awesome. I mean, I, I was yeah, we were in sixth, seventh grade playing. I mean, dog days of summer playing baseball, and like for me to be able to shoot them, you know, shoot them a text pregame, like which I, I'm, you know, we're not super tight, but like being able to shoot them a text pregame, be like, bro, best of luck. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. one of the only things I was thinking about during that entire game, one of the reasons I was rooting for Kansas City this entire season, and it was cool because. We, we he's possibly coming on the podcast here in a little bit. I'm gonna let the Super Bowl dust settle before we hit him up. But um, I was it was like October or November maybe, and I shot him a text like, "Yo, man, whenever you want to come on, like, hope all's well. See, see, it's all good in Kansas City." Um, and I said, "I hope it's after late February, man. I, I have a feeling you're gonna be working late into the season." And sure enough, they were working as late as possible, and they're they're still working overtime down there, partying tonight. Absolutely love that. Love that. What do you think about the MVP? Patty Mahomes winning the MVP. Dude, his stat, I mean, yes, he controlled the game. Yes, he was a part of the comeback. Yes, he's, I mean, he is the most valuable player on that team, arguably in the league. Um, But the stat line, it was one part early second quarter or early third quarter where he had, you know, it was a touchdown, two interceptions, and not a lot of yards. Um, And Damian Williams went off with, you know, over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Um, I, I I know you can't look at the stat line. You got to look at it more, you know, the game. But it was probably third or fourth quarter. I said to Jim, I'm like, dude, who who wins this? I don't think anybody deserves a win. You know, yeah. So I, Deez, I got a little bit of a take on this one. Um, I at the end of the day agree with Patrick Mahomes being the MVP. I mean, dude, the guy. Went out midseason, never thought he was going to come back with that knee injury. At one point, I remember hearing pregame that Patrick Mahomes said he saw his kneecap on the side of his leg. So the fact that he came back and was able to be resilient like that was amazing. But the other thing that I want to bring up here, too, is Damian Williams at the end of the game when he scored that touchdown, which to everyone's eyes seemed like he iced the game, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Damian Williams, my friend, my cousin, you should have just went down my on the one-yard line. <laughs> my cousin. Dude, <laughs> dude, he should have he should have ran the ball and then went down on the one-yard line, and then the game would have been over. Now, don't get me wrong. Him scoring, yes, there's like a 99% chance you're going to win the game. However, if he goes down on the one-yard line and then just downs himself and the clock expires, it's a 100% chance of winning the game. You don't have to kick the ball off again. You don't have to risk them running the ball back, kicking an onside kick, getting their ball back. And, you know, like, dude, like, because stuff can happen like that. We've seen it throughout the years of the NFL that crazy stuff can happen. And not for that reason, Damian Williams doesn't win the MVP for me, but it's definitely one of the reasons. Like, I'm like, ah, you know, like, you really didn't need to score that touchdown, man. You were already ahead. All you had to do was just expire the clock. And he had I think that's almost, to do that. I think it's almost asking to have a man with superpowers, right? And that's true. A reason for him not to win the MVP is because that touchdown came so late. And, I mean, it sealed the deal, but at the same time, it wasn't like a game, I don't know, winning. It wasn't game-defining. It was, it, yeah, it wasn't game defining, you know, um, it made the game look not closer than it truly was, yeah. but I think that's asking a man to have superpowers to have him, I mean, in the Super Bowl open field, 
you cut up around the corner and you're not going to take it all the way to the house yeah with guys like, like right, right behind you it wasn't like he broke a 60 yarder and he had nobody chasing him where he had time to like settle like todd Gurley against the packers a couple years ago um was that this season was that last season? Remember that? There was like three or four weeks in a row where people like took, took uh, you know, they laid down before they scored. I think that's yeah. one of the cases where you're in like a regular week eight game and you're up by a couple and you just want to lock it up. That makes sense. But the Super Bowl for that, no no harm, no foul on my end, dude. You, yeah, you scored yeah. that touchdown, dude. When's the next time you're going to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl? I mean, he, right. he's, he's blind as on. He's blacked out at that point, man. Like, you yeah. kind of know from, from being in competition before, right? Like, you black out. So, true, though. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But I yep. don't. No, 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 and like even what I say, like I get it, but I also, I also, like you know, I understand. I understand. You know, if you're in the Super Bowl, you're gonna be the guy, and you have a wide open touchdown lane. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. <laughs> two, two comments. One real quick. If you still hate Joe Buck, go hate something else. You're just a miserable person. The guy scripted the game beautifully. Let it breathe when it had to breathe. I thought, I thought he was great. Um, I, I, his voice is crisp and you know, he, he, he calls a good game, man. If you still hate the guy, dude, when, when I heard the Fox had the Super Bowl, I was, I was thrilled and to hear him on Sunday night, um, was just another treat. Well, uh, quick one, pass interference call on Kittle offensive pass interference. That was a big call in the second quarter, uh, mm-hmm. on their way into the, into the half. Good call. Yeah. Good call. I want to see guys play football. I want to see guys play football. I kind of hate that, but like it was, it was truly just on the on the cusp on the other end of like that's that's offensive pass interference. Like there was a push off. He did extend his arm. Yeah, and, and it was textbook. Yeah. Good it was textbook. Honestly, the officiating was good. Yeah, yeah, officiating was solid. I didn't see the any one Damian Williams touch. The one the one Damian Williams touchdown where his foot was like very close to the line. Like good call there. Let the let the, let the thing play out. Let's review it later. And then the Kittle OPI. Like that's that's a good call. Yeah, absolutely. Um, halftime show, Deeps. That that was my other comment. The halftime show. Yeah, I mean, how how are we gonna graze over the fact that even even uh, you know parents and grandparents were like, <laughs> just jaw, just yeah. jaws to the floor. Yeah, jaws to the floor watching that halftime performance. Uh, Shakira and J Lo, uh, timeless wonders. Um, God bless them. Um, I was totally fine with uh, the Spanish music in there. A lot of people were saying they didn't like it. I I was a big fan. Um, it mixed it all up. It, yeah, was, it was it was it was good, man. I think good, I think Jim and I were more like, no way, no way. Just as it kept get, like building, it kept building and building. Started with Shakira, J Lo came in. Um, Shakira almost kind of like stole the show. You think right? so? I don't know, man. She was really overpowering in the beginning. Like, and some of her hits are tr- like, I mean, J Lo's obviously her, but some of Shakira's hits are just such good, like. Everybody knows yeah, them. Nah. Everybody wants to swing to them. They've been on the radio, right? Like she's like the, especially for our generation, maybe where J Lo was a little bit before us. Shakira mm-hmm. was like prime time, late middle school, where like your mom <laughs> would have that in the car. You'd be like, "Mom, turn off! Sh- I'm not driving with you to Shakira right now." Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, can't say I've had that experience, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, I know what you mean. The radio, you know what I meant, right? I know what you mean. Like, like that sounded uh, like a personal experience out of you, though. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other bands that I mean, mom plays in the car. They're just like, ah, mom, like Bruno Mars isn't cool anymore. <laughs> That's great, <laughs> dude. So I, I don't know, man. I, to me, I don't think either one of them really stole the show. I thought they were both just timeless wonders man they both yeah. had their e- e- individual pieces that were just like whoa that's awesome so definitely one of the my better last, ones in the, last, in the decade for sure my lasting thought on, on the super bowl as a whole and we'll talk about more with these guys but my lasting thought from from our little bit here is just the day in general like why it's one of my favorite holidays it's just the power of sports and you and i and all the guys talk about this a ton uh the power of sports like just so what a like i don't know just a celebratory day like yeah there's a ton of money that goes into it yeah i mean like People, you know, devote their entire day to it, weeks to it, whatever. You know, some may say that's the wrong way to spend your time or the wrong thing to kind of indulge over. But it's the power of sports, bringing everybody together, dude, sitting there from six o'clock to 1030 at night. Um, you know, the moment in the beginning with the, the the commercial with the kids, the NFL, you know, play 60 where they were they were playing and then ended up running on the field. I don't know, man. I don't know. Now, one thing I do want to get into, Deves, is the commercials and which one stood out to you the most real quick because um, because because for me it was smart pack I, I i love smart pack so much it was unbelievable smart pack was a good one yeah smart pack and then uh 
baby uh baby peanut baby peanut probably you like baby peanut the best <laughs> yeah just because <laughs> well first off i didn't know that like mr i i kind of got wind that mr peanut had, had passed and i was you know i wasn't shooken up about it i thought they were just truly just switching to a different kind of like dead just i don't know how Fictional yeah. character dies, especially when he's not even a cartoons. He's just like a on the box. But anyway, I thought they were just switching into like I don't know Chuck E. Cheese rebranded, like you know the Kellogg Tiger, um, Tony the Tiger rebranded. So I thought it was something like that. Um, but when they said like he's gone, he died. Uh, also, dude, I'm I'm fumbling this episode. But also, um, we found out later that me and Hammond's boy Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, and Vayner Media actually was behind that marketing campaign and that whole commercial. They, they they partnered with, you know, they were Mr. Peanut's agency during that and came up with that uh, that interesting idea. So, um, I mean, he he's competing with, he's in the same category as like Baby Yoda, Baby Groot, Baby Peanut. People like yeah. that kind of stuff. And I don't and necessarily know if he's competing, but he's definitely in the same conversation. In the category. He's in the category. Yeah, he's in the conversation for sure. Um, yeah. And that totally brought him and made him relevant. And without further ado, we'd like to bring on our first guest of the episode, a guy who was actually in Miami for the Super Bowl, not at the Super Bowl, but at a ton of festivities pre, pre, uh, pre-game, uh, of Ryder Bronco, former roommate of DJ Nader, and currently is a marketing and partnerships coordinator with the NFL Alumni Association, John Martino, also known as, better known as, Chino. Chino, what's going on, man? Nothing much, guys. Appreciate you having me on the podcast here. You say nothing much. You're a couple days removed from being at, what, the Maxim party at the Super Bowl? You got to, I mean, pretty much the main reason you're coming on the podcast, other than a little DJ Nader, Nader banter here and there. <laughs> what um, what were you doing in Miami last week, man? Because everybody saw the videos so far. I'm probably going to put up a couple on our accounts. It looked like a time and a half. Absolutely. It was awesome. Uh, so, obviously, we had a bunch of events down there for the NFL Alumni Association. Um we have a lot of partnerships with events that are going on. So that's kind of how we got access to some of the, the cooler parties and stuff. Uh, but the NFL alumni does a lot of work. They do uh, about $1.5 million annually to uh, a charity called Caring for Kids. Um, so we're constantly trying to network and spread the uh, NFL alumni shield out there. So uh, there was a couple of player networking events where we had some uh, big name uh, past players come through. Uh, we had our NFL alumni brunch uh, at the Hard Rock Hotel where we had Hall of Famers come and do chalk talks and uh, kind of just sign autographs and do photo opportunities. And then there was obviously great food there. Um, so mm. we had we had an awesome time there. Yeah, definitely had some some cool networking Pro- and photo ops prob- there. Probably a big year with the whole NFL 100, uh, NFL 100 uh, going on, right? Was there anything kind of themed against uh, on that or? Uh, more so branded towards the uh, NFL side of it. Um, okay. While we are the NFL Alumni Association, we're a different branch of right, the NFL. Right, right, We are a nonprofit that's that's somewhat separate, but sponsored by the NFL. So, so do you have access to all the players, or only players that are part of this association? Like, is it almost like a membership for them to be a part of it? Is it like, do, do they get paid directly, or, or you know, do they have a board per se? Is it almost like an NFL PA, but it's the alumni at this point? Essentially, that's that's what it is. Okay. It's, um, all all former players like you have to be on the board or you have to have played in the NFL to be on the board. Uh, all of all of our 35 chapters, uh, you have to have played to hold a position like vice president or president uh, CEO. So uh, all of that kind of stays flush. And uh, yeah, we have access to our members uh, who do have to pay on a yearly basis, but it's a small fee. Uh, they get a lot of benefits back and uh, access to some of these events. Um, as well as opportunities for them to be paid to show up at different events. Um, so it is cool seeing those database of uh, older players and having access to them. So what was your week like? Like walk through day by day. Like you got there, what, Wednesday, Tuesday? Give me like a day by day, just like top line, and then we'll dive in when we, uh, when we see fit. I mean, we'll get your highlights, but I want to see like a day by day of what, what it was like down there. Sure. So we got down, um, I think it was Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just kind of hit the Airbnb, crashed for a little bit, and everyone was still jet lagged, like going into Thursday. So we kind of just took it slow Thursday, grabbed some food, um, and then we helped set up one event with the NFL Alumni Player Networking event, um, and then kind of did our own thing for the night. So, and then things started to pick up when uh, Friday hit. Uh, so Friday night we were down at Bootsy on the Water. It's a 
venue in Virginia Key, Florida, in Miami, um, and it's like a private yacht club. Uh, so we were partnered with that. Uh, you know, <laughs> pretty casual. <laughs> pretty casual. No, but uh, oh, also, uh, my buddies went down with me, and that's where I was staying, and um, they kind of hooked me up with the place and stuff. Um, they know someone in Miami who they kind of get celebrities for to rent exotic cars. So we picked up uh, a pretty big Escalade and a, uh, a Mercedes to start. And then once a uh, Friday hit, he swapped it out for a Lamborghini. Just to start. Uh, just a little appetizer. Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's, uh, so I do have to give a shout out to those guys, though. Um, they're amazing. They have an awesome company called Soar. Uh, it's Anthony Fenu, uh, Riley Horvath, and Justin Baker. Uh, they're doing some awesome augmented reality technology. And it's going to be ne- like next level stuff. So. Uh, they they hooked it up with the car for the weekend, uh, a sweet place, and uh, pretty much everything in between. So great guys, great company there. But uh, so yeah, we like I was saying, we rolled up to uh, Bootsy on the water, and it's I mean it is pouring like sideways. Everyone's huddled underneath these uh, tents and stuff. So we finally get in, figure out where we're going, uh, sprint to the back, and I mean there's there's like guys taking their shirts off and wringing them out in the middle of the venue, but it's. It, it was insane. Like you walk in, the first person we saw was Jake Paul, just standing in the middle, like all red carpet kind of uh, affair. Um, but I mean, it was just anywhere you looked, it was it was just craziness going on. It was free free drinks, and you can pretty much walk uh, wherever in, in general admission. And then there was uh, like a riser, and that was uh, VIP. And then the floor seats, which had like the table sections, which were insane. Uh, so we kind of got into VIP. Just kind of name dropping here and there between uh, the entire group of us. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of the whole weekend uh, for the most part. Like we we were had access, but we kind of got better access. We know we knew that game. We know that game. Oh, too well. We know yeah, exactly. Well. Act like you know what you're doing and you'll just get in there. You know? Exactly. A hundred percent. So that was really cool. We saw uh, Post Malone there. Um he performed and, and he didn't come out till like two thirty, but <laughs> that was that was nuts. We were right on the rail uh, in VIP. We were we saw Ninja Guy Fieri there. Guy um, Fieri. <laughs> Guy Fieri. He was everywhere that weekend, dude. I don't know what it was, but Guy Fieri was like the hot the hot topic thing. It's uh, crazy so, how uh, much the Super Bowl has become this. I mean, I feel like it's in the past. I don't know, maybe since like the you know the two thousands, where it's become this just. Anybody who's anybody goes, right? Like from guys like Jake Paul and Ninja, I guess, you know, ties in somewhat with with um, what the NFL's been doing this past year, um, I guess, you know, getting kids involved. But like Guy Fieri, how does he fit into the mold? Like, is, is he going stadium to stadium doing diners, drivings and dives at different at different restaurants? Um it's everybody. And I I can't I can't believe you're a part of it, man. That's just that's it's crazy. It, Post Malone seems to be a common denominator throughout Super Bowls. We talked to uh, Josh Peterson a few episodes ago, and he True. said he was with Post Malone at Super Bowl 52. So I wonder okay. if uh, Post Posty was over at Super Bowl 53 in between. I mean, you get all the biggest stars coming out, and, and I was, like, mind-blown because that was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. Like, we were in there uh, at Post Malone. We'd been there in there maybe 15 minutes, and o- Odell Beckham Jr. just comes walking real fast, like, five <laughs> feet behind us. Like, uh, we, we saw, like, Julia Rose there um, just kind of, you know, doing her thing. Um, it, it, it's such a weird thing to see, like, one of those people, right? Like, and you know, you don't want to be – especially, like – working in industries that kind of all of us work in or like, you know, you've been a part of NFL alumni association and, you know, you're there with hall of famers, you know, kind of day in and day out. But then when you see that group of people there in one confined spot from all different walks of, you know, celebrity, whether it's sports, tech, business, music, like Jake Paul, whatever he does. Yeah. I was just going to say, even social, social media influencers had like a lot of pull down there. Yeah, like a lot. So see them all in the same place. It, that 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 would that you know I don't get starstruck a ton. That would be that would be starstruck. Like seeing them all there at the same it's, time. Exactly. It's like you turn your head and it's like, oh, who's here? Oh, who's here? It's it's insane. You walk in the bathroom. We like we have a funny story of seeing like a Scott Lawton from the Flyers in the bathroom once. Like you walk in the bathroom, oh, and awesome. you could be you could be taking a leak next to whoever, Michael Rubin from Fanatics. Yeah, or, sure. You know, like sure. I heard a lot of uh, banter that Miami is starting to compete with Vegas in a, in in terms of intensity and partying and having. A, I heard that a real too. Time. I yeah. heard that too. Now I've never 
been to Vegas, but uh, I mean that nightlife is unbelievable. It, it's it's nothing like I ever experienced. They go till till five in the morning, if that. Like they they just keep going. I don't know how they have the life for it. I woke up Monday morning. I'm like, oh my god, I need an entire day to recharge. Like this was so much on my body, but um, it's definitely crazy. And if you can definitely get down there, I would. What was your so next year? It's it's here in Tampa where I'm currently based. Uh, I'm like 20 nice. minutes away from Raymond James. So next year I'll be. I I don't know if I'll have the access to everything you have, but uh, I, I'm definitely going to be around the festivities. I mean, like we said, we've all kind of done the game before. Maybe I'll be able to to wiggle my way into a couple places. But um, what was I getting at? I know some people you could talk to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll yeah. definitely link up. Yeah, to, for sure. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, no oh, problem. I was going to get to, uh, so that was kind of like the pre-festivities. What happened the day of the big game? What was your Sunday like? Uh, so Saturday we were out pretty late um, at the Maxim Magazine party. Oh, sorry. Um, Why did I skip over that? No, how can you're I, good. How you're can good. I skip over, no, how can I skip over that? What was what was that like? Because that's a Super Bowl staple, right? That happens every sure. year. Yep. Uh, I've heard of people going to that back in like, you know, when I was in Arizona, um, you know, in 2005, I think. What What was that like? That was madness. Now, we actually got there a little bit late because we went to go to the Sports Illustrated party at the Fontainebleau Hotel. And, uh, like, that place we walked in, and we were like, wow, we do not belong here. Like, there there were just people everywhere, um, like, jackets, blazers, nice cars, like, absolutely insane. So we get there, and uh, it hit capacity. So we were like, all right, let's go to Maxim. So we went over to Maxim, and it's probably about 3 in the morning now. And uh, we finally get through the line. We get up to the gate, and there's, like, not a lot of people trying to get in, just us and some probably, like, three girls in front of us, and they close the gate. We're like, nope, no more entries, no more entries. So I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. So we're standing, like, right next to the gate trying to figure out, like, what we do next. And uh, someone walks up in an all-white Christian Dior suit with, like, uh, sunglasses – or not sunglasses, like, snowboard goggles. (laughs) And I'm like, who the heck? And it's, like, probably, like, four other guys, five other guys around him. Look over, see the hair, it's Antonio Brown. <laughs> so they, no. just, they just pop the gates open, they let him through, and we're like, whoa, wait, we're with him. And they're like, no, 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 no shot. <laughs> so, I uh, want to be with him at this point. Ah, I don't know. That, he, was, he was looking pretty good. He was, he was chilling in the, in the Dior. He looked it was like crazy. He I didn't some, think he was going to be a part of that. some money to spend. That's unbelievable. It yeah. may be. So uh, then we, we actually ended up going over to where the artists check in. Um, and I had kind of ran through my spiel. I were partnered with the event and all this and how that, that was the table. I was sure that we were supposed to be at, we were there last night. Um, even though it wasn't, <laughs> so she's, she's telling me like, Oh yeah, we're, we're cut off for the night. Like we're not letting people in anymore. Um, and I look at her and I'm just like, come on, what, what can you do for us? What can you, how many do you need? So I got like 10 wristbands for us, threw them on everybody, made our way in. Um, Rick Ross had just hopped off. Russ went on the stage kind of performed and then uh after that we snuck down to the uh floor level partied with actually my boss <laughs> who was <laughs> on the floor at a table um and then jake paul called out antonio brown on stage no I, yeah he heard he was there and he was because he, he's been talking all on a yeah. fight and trying to box yeah. so he called him out oh i heard ab's here he's like oh i heard ab's here and the, the promoter's like oh ab's here you sure i thought he was in jail so uh, that's when AB went on stage. <laughs> no. And they were just trying to bait him into anything. And it was like the day after he apologized to the entire NFL. Yes. Yeah, so they're, they're like shoving the mic in his face and he's not saying a word. Wow. Rick Ross comes out and he's standing behind Antonio Brown. And, and the promoter's like, oh, yeah, Rick Ross is going to negotiate the terms for Antonio Brown. And he just goes, $40 million. <laughs> <laughs> So we're all like, what's going on? And then Jake Paul hit him with the, uh, I'll drop you faster than the Patriots. And it was just kind of like a, yeah. a publicity thing after that. But it was cool. The night kind of uh, wound down, but it was it was still pretty wild. Dude, Jake people. Paul Jake Paul sounds like he was doing anything to make his name a little bigger than it already is. Honestly, <laughs> so that's really what exactly. it sounds like. Exactly. Um, He's looking for the next big fight, the next big paycheck there. Yeah, exactly. Um, dude, and so another thing, too, you bring up Rick Ross. Um, so I actually worked for the Eagles uh, during their Super Bowl run. So I'm a little familiar with, you know, that that process that you go through and all the hoops you got to jump through. Um, however, I, uh, I went there was a ring party for the Eagles, obviously, like after they had won the Super Bowl and Rick Ross performed at it. 
So once okay. again, these these it's like these common denominator artists are like always affiliated in some way. I think Rick Ross, uh, his city is Miami. Don't quote me on that, but I think he does rap about Miami a decent amount. So I think that makes sense. However, why does it make sense for him to be at the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl <laughs> ring party? You know, it just I, doesn't make any sense. But I know. think it's just the weight that the that the Super Bowl title carries and the, the branding that yeah. goes along with it. It's just it's so big that they have to try to get the biggest stars, and everyone wants to compete for that space. Yeah, uh, I think it just being in Miami was just lucky for him. I, but I, that is his kind of area. Definitely. Uh, my jaw is still kind of like on the floor from the whole Antonio Brown, Jake Paul piece. I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine if Antonio Brown swung at him or said something? Is it like a no camera? Is it like a no cameras in type of event? Because I, I thought I would have seen that video on, on Instagram somewhere. No, we actually, uh, I, I had on, I had it on my uh, Instagram story the night of, um, but there were there were cameras and stuff there, man. Um, there was a kid that was actually coming around with us, Anthony Doppi, um, who he also shoots for Dream Big and. Dream big and company. Uh, he did some amazing work all week, and and he kind of captured the entire thing right up by the stage. Got some amazing shots. Wow. Um, so I'm sure he's going to be posting that. So keep an eye out for that too. Yeah, definitely. No, I already actually I think I already follow those guys on uh, on IG. Okay, there you go. But all yeah, right, so, so that's a wild Saturday night. You end it very very <laughs> early into the Sunday morning, yep. and then it's game day. That's game day. Uh, so we all kind of wake up, grab some much needed food. Uh, and then we head down towards the stadium and we're just kind of, it, it was chaos down there to be completely honest. It was like an hour and a half trying to find parking. Plus we're trying to park a Lamborghini on pavement. All the lots are dirt and rocks and yeah. they're not having any of that. Yeah, so, no. So uh, we ended up parking the car in a lot and ended up walking. Or we got a shuttle down. I'm sorry. Got a car got down. stolen. I got. <laughs> yeah, no, I would not be here if that were the case. Um, so then we had we head over to the uh, NFL players tailgate, which is like a private event. And I thought it was going to be a lot smaller and than what it was. It was huge, and it was like catered with gourmet five star food from different chefs all over. Um, Guy Fieri made an appearance again, and he was serving his chicken. Um, I mean, that food was just incredible. They had all these auctions with, um, like, someone with the 49ers with, like, a helmet signed from the catch, like, uh, Michael Jordan replica rings, like, all kinds of crazy stuff. And um, a bunch of current players were doing uh, kind of chalk talks with Sage Steel from ESPN. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, like, when we got there, it was Frank Gore. There was uh, Shaquille and Shaquem Griffin, uh, Cam Jordan. So they had some uh, – Darius Leonard. So they had some pretty big names there. I uh, actually got to meet Albert Wilson, the running back for the Dolphins. Uh, I had a good conversation with him, and he took my number down. So That's awesome. Go. Good for yeah, you. Bro. I love Miami. that. Yeah, he was really cool. So uh, shout-out to Albert Wilson there. But, uh, yeah, we I ended up – I hear that uh, Shaq was there in attendance, to be honest with you. Yeah, honestly, me too. Um, with everything that was going on with the, uh-huh. the Kobe passing, obviously, mm-hmm. um, I know he's been real shook up. So just glad to see him up and about. Yeah. At least he was able to get out. You know, that's nice. Yeah, definitely. happy to hear that for sure. Yeah. So, uh, we actually ended up stumbling into a cabana. They just kind of like let us in, and we were only there for like forty-five minutes. So they told us, to, they, like, "Yo, come on, get out! It's like twenty thousand dollar <laughs> cabana. Like, you got to pay for this." Or like, "Ah, oh, no." But we were directly next to the cabana uh, that Julian Edelman was in. And he was just kind of chilling with his boys. Not much going on. Probably about five bottle girls all just standing, like, on ready. It was pretty cool. It's insane. That's somebody was somebody uh, in, our, in our group chat put, put up a, a comment. Um, and what I'm getting at is all these other NFL players who, you know, lost that season, right? Like, if you're not first, you're last. All these other player, uh, players who were on teams that didn't make the playoffs or lost in the playoffs, especially like the Griffins, who, who you know, lost like later on in the playoffs, are still there celebrating. Um, and the, the the comment that was made in the group chat was the San Francisco 49ers hosted a Super Bowl party. You were probably at it after their loss. In I'm pretty sure it was in in Miami after their loss. Yep. And my my rebuttal was, you know, and they, they were you know curious to why, how are you celebrating, you know, losing. Um, but it's kind of cool to see everybody, even though I'm sure it's, I mean, especially losing a Super Bowl, like the most agonizing defeat there is getting so close and, and not getting it done. Uh, it is still like a celebratory, you know, scene, right? Like it, the season's over. 
everybody did an amazing job and nobody got to really you know injured out of those guys like they're there just having a good time and you know extending their i guess their brand while also just totally you know hanging out living the life of luxury so especially like for the 49ers their post-super bowl party like yeah they lost super bowl but I mean, honestly, what's the only other way to get over it than hang out with your boys and 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 drink a couple and listen to some music, right? Slugging exactly. a few, slugging exactly. a few, whatever's so. And it's it's still like a compliment to them. Like they got that far, they were that close. That's what like, I mean. It's still live it to up. celebrate. You never know how long. Like everyone's always on the That's move it. in the off season, so. That's it. Just kind of live it up. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I definitely agree with that. So I want to hear your your lasting thought, your you know your peak memory of Super Bowl Fifty Four between the 49ers and Chiefs. Give us what the something that you will never forget from that whole what five days you were there. Yep. Um, God, it's like kind of hard to. It's hard. It's hard. Well, one, one hard to decipher and two hard to remember. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's it. fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, God, I don't know. Just. The guys I've been around, honestly, were just awesome. Like, they're just such great, innovative people. Um, and just to, like, be around those kind of minds for a while was really cool, honestly. Um, they kind of made the experience that great. Um, and there was, I'm sorry, there was one other person I did want to mention, uh, John Rondi, who uh, was with us the entire time, kind of networking for Stu Knighted. Uh, it's a company, like an education company that he started. Okay. Um, so... Definitely check them out, too. Uh, he's got some cool stuff on the way. Uh, but other than, than the dudes I was with, um, oh, man, uh, I think just getting into these places and just being in, like, that high-level kind of yeah, event, like, I don't know. It's not everyday an everyday thing. I've never really experienced anything like that yet in my life, and it was just like, man, like, it's crazy to see the life that, like, some of these famous people live on, a, like, a regular basis. It's It was interesting. It was definitely a nice little taste. <laughs> Dude, honestly, your answer was phenomenal because you said the people you were with, the experience you had yeah, with those people. 100%. Dude, that's honestly, people don't think about that. They think about the certain things that they did. But looking back on, like, I went down to Tampa to visit Deaver and, and we had the whole crew with us, dude. That's the memory I have, like yeah, chilling exactly. with all the boys exactly. and like having the good times. Dude, that, that that's a hell of an answer out of you, man. I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's what it is. That's what it's all about, man. It's just creating good memories with good people. Love that. Experiencing it for yes, sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for coming on, Gino. Thanks for recapping your Super Bowl week. Honestly, wild. You're probably still recovering. I mean, it took us to to today to probably get over our Super Bowl um, Super Bowl hangover. But <laughs> thanks for coming on. I, I'm still kind of. I'll probably be texting you after this about a couple of different things. Still, uh, still nitpicking at it and. Uh, Good luck with uh, we got hockey practice tonight. Yeah, gotta go uh, 9:30 late ice slot. So appreciate awesome. that. But yeah, definitely get my number from Nate. Uh, we'll talk and I'll let you know about next year too. That's awesome, man. Appreciate it. Really, really looking forward to it. Awesome. Appreciate you guys having me on. Thank Great you. Great talk with you, man. All right, so these for you. I have. I'm bringing it over to the PGA, and typically we don't really talk about the PGA unless it's like Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson. Um, and in this case, we're talking about PGA because of Brooks Kepka. So Brooks Kepka is the favorite to win the year's final three majors, and he trails Rory McIlroy. Um, what is he? So for the Masters, Kepka is plus 900, McIlroy's plus 800. So for three of the four majors in PGA, in the uh, in the PGA, Kepka is projected to win, um, and for very good reason because um, Kepka's odds to win are obviously at the two majors that he's had the most success at. Um, he's won two of them twice before. Both of those tournaments are the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship, and he has a lot of success there, Dave. So. You being the golf guy is probably the last thing you want to talk about right now, uh, you know, with your full-time job working in golf. But, Dave, what do you think here, man? I mean, Kepka, the guy who doesn't practice, he's like Allen Iverson, bro. Practice? What are you talking about practice? And, Did you uh, see that in my reaction of your lead-off to this segment? Did you no, see that? No, There's I like didn't. a you talking about golf right now? No. I'm, I'm just like, I'm over We'll, we'll, we'll cut the clip. We'll cut the clip. You'll see what I'm, I'm, my, my reaction to it. But anyway, no, Brooks Kepka is honestly um, – I love I love that about him. I love the no practice. I love that he's just he's just good at it. He's just he's good at good. it and he doesn't really care your opinion on, you know. Yeah. 
He doesn't really care. He goes out there. He, the guy's an absolute house. He he does it in the gym. He does it on and off the course. Um, and uh, he's just good at it. I mean, he's come out. We've talked about it on this podcast before. If you if he had his say, he he'd be playing baseball right now. He's like that's that's my sport. But he's like yeah. I'm just better at golf, and it makes me money, which is which is you know sometimes it's just kind of what you got to do in life, right? <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm good at it, makes me money. Absolutely. So get this, Steve's. If you parlayed Kepka to win the Open, or I'm sorry, the U.S. Open, the PGA Championship, and the Masters at ten dollars, and he wins, you get. $8,090 and Deves that is so not out of the question for that to happen honestly no it's not he's won twice in a year what's what's to say he can't win well, three in a year the crazy part is the crazy part is is that it should be more it should be more money like the guy is that good that you're only yeah. winning $8,000 from you know from risking <laughs> from risking 10 right I mean that's like a, it's an improbable feat I'm pretty sure there's only been a like no who's ever competed the had the grand slam in one year, in one year. I don't know if it's ever happened. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fact check real quick. Fact check that really quick. Maybe Tiger. Maybe, maybe Palmer. Maybe Jack. Oh my God! All right. So, Deves, fact checking uh, what we just brought up about the Grand Slam in one year hasn't been done since 1930 by a golfer of the name Bobby Jones. So, yeah, Bobby Jones. Yeah. So, um, I mean, very familiar name. I uh, couldn't tell you much about him. Definitely heard the name before, though, in the sport. And, uh, yeah, 1930. So what is that, 80, 90 years ago? 90 years ago. <laughs> Almost 100 years ago. They were using wood clubs, dude. Wearing knickerbockers. Like, <laughs> dude, like, it, it's unbelievable they were to probably think about. drinking and smoking on the course during, during competition. Yeah. Dude, there were probably awesome. 35 spectators in attendance, no sponsors. Just picture it. Just just picture golf back then. Literally golf. guys in woods with sticks hacking around this. I don't even know what the golf ball was made out of. It might have had a dimples. I don't, I don't know what it even looked like. Yeah, dude, 100 years ago almost. Yeah, all right. So anyway, to conclude golf talk, Parlay Kepka Masters PGA Championship and uh, U.S. Open, um, not guaranteeing anything, but parlay them and uh, you might get some dub, uh, some dough there. You know what I love? A uh, quick plug. I love the round robins. I don't know if you use DraftKings. I'm dying down here because I haven't been able to have access to it yet. Um, but round robins, you're able to pick singles as well as parlays in the same bet. So you could single Kepka all three of those as well as put your parlay at the same time. Mm-hmm. Very easy. Yeah. I do, that, I, I do that a lot with like NFL games. Like I pick the same three and then pick singles. Usually put higher units on the singles because, you know, better chance that they work out. Also, parlays have like crazier odds. So you don't have to put as many units on to make enough money. So. Uh, anyway, quick little gambling. Yes, book. yes, right, right. We right. need, we need to talk about Alex Ovechkin. Yes, we need to, because the yes. only thing that's hotter than the Philadelphia Flyers right now, wink, wink, is Alex Ovechkin. The guy is on pace to really, really, actually chase Wayne Gretzky's all-time goal record, which hasn't even been in the conversation for for years. Um, if you a good follow, if you're a hockey fan, John Butchergross, if you don't already on Twitter, he's been doing this for a while now, actually. Um, has been recapping Ovi, I don't know, bi-weekly, monthly of, of his goal status and how he's playing um, and what he needs to to eclipse Ovechkin, right? He needs to score, or uh, sorry, Gretzky. He needs to score 30 goals um, a season until he's 41. Now he needs to score only 20, you know, whatever the, the breakdown is. But anyway, Gretzky has 894 career goals. And Alex Ovechkin just this week uh, eclipsed Mark Messier and Steve Eiserman to get to 698 career goals. He's now number eight on the all-time list. Um, his next guy to pass is Mike Gartner, um, who has 708, Phil Esposito, and a couple others in front of him. But, dude, look at the tear that Alex Ovechkin's been on. The guy has 14 goals in his last seven games. <laughs> 14 goals in his last seven games. This averaging two goals a game, which is almost unheard of in hockey. This stat is just out of this world. He has three hat tricks. In his last six games, in his last six games, every other game the guy scored a hat trick. That's insane. I posted a picture on my Instagram. I, I saw my first hat trick ever a couple weeks ago in Tampa. That happens like once a season for some teams, maybe none. And he has three in his last six games. Washington owes their fans a lot of hats. I don't think they care though. No. Oh God, no. I mean Wayne Gretzky. If you take away, so 
if those non-hockey followers out there, goals and assists both count as points, quote-unquote, right? So either you score a goal or you score an assist as a point. He has total 2,857 career points. If you take away those 894 goals, he still has more assists than the second guy. Sorry, he count as assists, and there's still more than the second guy all-time in points. Do you get what I'm That's, saying there? Yeah, I totally. I'm with you. I'm with the you. second all-time leader in points is Yarmir Yager with 1,921. Take away all of Gretzky's goals, he still has 1,963 career assists. He could have never scored a goal in his entire life, and he still has the most points in the NHL all time. So for us just to be in this generation, we talk about LeBron a lot, to be in a, in a generation where we get to root for our guy, our guy who could pass the greatest of all time, like the true undisputed greatest of all time in a sport, um, it's exciting to watch, even though he's a division rival. Um, the guy's, you know, he seems like a, a fun dude off the field, I mean, and off the ice. And dude, look who, we got, look who we got to watch. We, Blessed, dude. we are, we, LeBron, we have Tiger. Tiger is our guy. Tiger is our guy for sure. We grew up with Tiger. Um, so we got LeBron, Tiger, we got, um, Ovechkin in hockey. And then who am I missing? What other sport am I? Baseball? I mean, almost a guy, a team that's like an all-star. <laughs> like it's yeah. unbelievable. So dude, we're, we're, I'll never ever deny this we live in the best sports era i mean I, the best sports we're gonna see we're we get to live through all the record breakers and I, i'm so happy about that yeah and that's the goal is to be a part of it so i'm, I'm all for ov passing uh passing gretzky on the career goal mark make sure you uh check out um check out his progress he'll probably have another hat trick by the time we finish this podcast probably another hat trick yo deves what uh nationality is gretzky canadian obviously Canadian. Okay. So I don't know, man. I don't know if I want a Russian at the top of the uh, totem pole there, man. That's, that sounds like a little bit of collusion to me. <laughs> I don't know about that one, bro. We'll, we'll make a couple phone calls. Yeah. 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 We'll talk to Vasilevsky and we'll get Ravichkin at the top of the charts. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> and they're coming to your house, not mine. <laughs> Enemy veto in the AO. All right, so last big one here coming down last night. Uh, I didn't think I'd be talking about baseball this early. I'm excited for it, though. I think Jim and I are getting a ton of good spring training content down here in our first our first spring in Florida. Um, I got three stadiums within 20 minutes from me, the Blue Jays, the Phillies, and the Yankees. So we're going to be at a bunch of games, but I didn't think I'd be thinking about baseball this soon in the season. And I want to talk about a huge trade that dropped last night, Mookie Betts and David Price to the Los Angeles Dodgers from the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I, I, I shocked to me. I mean, I'm not close to that baseball hot stove in the off season. Um, and again, not that close to it during the season, uh, more of a, you know, I watch from afar, but, um, it includes, uh, Alex Verdugo, who uh, just talking to some of my folks out there in LA is kind of a, a loss for them, uh, as well as, um, a couple pitchers. Um, but I, I made the joke after, after it all happened that it was that kind of concession for the Red Sox for cheating, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's about cheating. It's like, Hey guys, you have to automatically give up two of your best players to, uh, the team you cheated to. <laughs> yeah, dude, honestly, that's what it kind of looks like outside looking in. That's how I'm still perceiving it. I know a ton of people, you know, close to the Red Sox organization are absolutely hating it. I mean, Mookie Betts could have went down as one of the best, I thought Red Sox of all time. Again, like we're not super close to it, but just that, you know, the couch take I have is that I thought he was going to be one of the best there all time. I know they got some good prospects in return, um, but for a team that, you know, is on their way out of that win now stage, it seems like um, they're definitely on the other end of it after sending the two of their top pieces over the Dodgers. Will the Dodgers have enough though, man? Like, will they finally, finally, finally have enough now that the, you know, MLB's cheaters have been kind of caught. Mm-hmm. Will they have enough to to get past the NLCS or the World Series? Yeah, well, as you and I are quite familiar with, in my Instagram post almost a year ago um, from April 2019, my caption is, see you in the NLCS, uh, the LA Chokers. Um, so, dude, I mean, that they, they choke. And you said this earlier today in the, in the GC, the group chat. Um, you know, LA, good for them that they got these guys. However... Don't really don't bank on anything. Don't don't no. don't put your house on it. <laughs> no, no, I, you can't. I mean, it, obviously, it like tips the scale a little bit when you see it happen at first. But then I kind of settle back into like, 
yeah, but it's the Dodgers. Like, and right. you can kind of get into that, into that, you know, that cycle now because they've done it time and time again. Like, yes, yeah, the Dodgers, but but it's the Dodgers. They look great on paper, but it's the Dodgers. So they they bit the bullet again this year, didn't they? Yeah, they were in the NLCS against the uh, against against the Nationals. So um, we'll see. I won't be able to see them in spring training. Obviously, they're over uh, they're over in Arizona. Um, but I'll see the new Red Sox maybe. Exciting! I'm making like a squirm face, like you know that one new emoji that came out recently, like the yeah. like the er, the, yeah, little, yeah. Um, dude, at least you get Phillies though. That'll be sick, and Yankees too. That'll be sick. Yeah, man, we're gonna do dude. They play every single day. It's crazy. The MLB spring training is insane. It starts in two pitchers and catchers are in like seven days. They're like next Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe. Full team reports after that. Um, it's crazy, dude. They play every single day. The MLB spring training, I thought they practiced for more. Dude, they get the full team workouts start on a Monday, and their first game is Saturday, and they never stop. Every single day they play at 1 o'clock. I swear to God, every single day they play at 1 o'clock. That's cool, man. That's really cool. It's different. I didn't know every single day. Now, a ton of guys take rest. They play split They play um, split squad games where like certain portions of their larger roster will actually go play in different stadiums. Like Half the Phillies will play at with the pirates and half the Phillies will play against the Yankees down here at the same time. Um, but the fact they play every single day. Now what does stink is they play at one o'clock every single day. So I won't be able to catch them like on a random weeknight, but every weekend, Saturday, or Sunday. So Jim and I are going to try to check out. The other cool thing is like we have three teams in 20 minutes. If the Phillies are away, they're, they're home. They're away against the Yankees, which are also right down the road, like even possibly closer. So um, the one thing I'm missing out, I wish Harper signed while I was here because you'd be able to go over and like see the whole, you know, his first Frank Chaining game, um, you know, his True. press conference announcement probably. But uh, anyway, I'm somewhat excited for baseball to get back. So at least to be here for spring training because, dude, I'll get to, Jim and I will get to go for like $15 and the Phillies have like an awesome like Frenchies Tiki hut in left field. I mean, what That's, better way to enjoy the yeah. nice weather down here? That's dangerous. Do they sell like uh, spring training season tickets? They do. What are they, they like? Hundred bucks for the for the season? probably probably and like yeah. dude for for a fifty five and up or like a snowbird who's down here just kind of hanging dude to just be able to pop over to baseball like get out of the house I mean golf golf in the morning dude just catch a game in the afternoon like that uh, might be my retired life I don't know that sounds beyond clinical <laughs> sounds like a prescription <laughs> I love it man yeah that's gonna be a sick time for you. Steve's action-packed podcast for episode Claude Giroux, uh, 28. You know, we're bringing action pack back to you for episode 29. Um, potentially by the time episode 29 airs, Ovi might have hit 700. So uh, we will see, and uh, we will be talking to you guys. Steve's, peace out, brother. Peace out, Bush. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, uh, love hearing from you. Please uh, check out our Instagram. Had an awesome contest this week. Had an awesome Super Bowl contest with Austin Haynes, one of our boys, winning the FVP Nike logo hat. So already got that on the way to him. Um, trying to do a bunch of fun more stuff like that. Get you guys uh, involved. Feel free to like, share, shout us out, give us a comment, leave a little review. Why not? Let us know what you want to hear. Close it. I count six shots. Listen at the bando. A nigga jury real metal like a can no I went from rad to riches to a feature with tip. I went from smart car to a bitch with some smart lips. And that hiffin' in make my hip limp. I'm going fishing with these little bitty strip dips. And my bank roll 